The Grimoire of Atlantean Spells Magic is a fascinating thing. It feeds on belief. Anyone's belief. If something inside a person can twist in just the right way, reach a certain angle of viewpoint, and see the universe in a certain way, the universe can find it easier to follow the viewpoint than all the viewpoints in the past. When it comes to conflicting beliefs, that's when things can get interesting. Sometimes they get academically interesting, like a textbook question. At other times, they're more like the ancient Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. Something like the times the earth is passing through now, but I digress. There are earlier times in human history, forgotten times, times with scattered clues all about us, yet so distant as to be like fragments caught in the amber of a hillside that only seems natural, or where a customary gesture comes from. We don't know why we have certain little rituals about us. They've just always been, or so it would seem. Wouldn't it be interesting indeed if we could look back into those distant ages and vanished cultures, possibly even civilizations, if we had a magic mirror that just saw the distant past and let it fill our vision now, today, what secrets might we learn? Perhaps we might just look inside, and the mirror is right there when our eyes are closed, piecing the clues we have into sections of a subconscious puzzle, illuminating areas no one else has seen. Soon it will be time to begin those explorations and I will bring them to the pages of this grimoire like candles from the darkest corners of the night. First, though, I must walk the land of dreams. Only in that place might I find the matches to light such candles to glowing. I shall soon return. Signed, Aquarian M. The Blood Rose of Atlantis Many people today believe that vampires originated in a land called Transylvania. Certainly vampires today welcome that belief. In fact, like many spells and curses, the curse of vampirism originates in ancient Atlantis. Modern vampires prefer this to remain unknown because such ignorance allows them to use their raw power without the vulnerability of conscience or feeling. Modern vampirism is a bastardization of a powerful spell used in Lost Atlantis to create its most feared and respected soldiers, to enforce the rule of the Atlantean Council and the Grim Wizard, leader of the Council. Vampirism is a bastardization by omission, caused by its Transylvanian originator only finding half the spell. It is a result of ignorance, and because of that ignorance, it serves the purposes of, of the archetypal satanic entity rather than its intended higher purpose of creating keepers of order. The Blood Roses of Atlantis is the second hand, half of the transformation process necessary to create a true vampiric court, or court crimson, as this order's name would translate in modern languages. Here, I will reveal the Blood Rose of Atlantis and give an historical example of its use as devised and employed by the first Grim Wizard of Atlantis. The Blood Rose of Atlantis is employed once a vampire is created. 
Its effect is to cause vampires to regain their human emotion and feeling and conscience. It returns to a vampire its connection to its soul, and therefore its connection to all souls and the laws of spirituality, such as karma, dharma, and such like. A vampire to whom this spell is gifted also regains its ability to sustain life through eating and drinking ordinary foods and renders a spiritual alternative to the energies of human blood available through the universal source. This means that the vampire no longer requires human blood to survive, nor is it vulnerable to sunlight any longer. Vampires under the laws of the Blood Rose of Atlantis are still subject to death by a wooden stake through the heart, decapitation, or fire. No longer, however, need said vampire fear the sun, nor holy water, nor the burning touch of the universal symbol of the Christ archetypal entity. The cross and the universal spirit that it represents are as old as time and more. They are rendered in service of the light rather than the dark by this spell. For this reason, I must return this spell to current knowledge rather than leave it lost in the mists of forgotten history. It is my duty as a wizard of light. Required Materials 1. A single flawless ruby of one carat or larger, used to focus universal light and shine it eternally into the heart of the undead. 2. Five one carat or larger rose quartz crystals, used to gather universal light and feed it into the ruby focus. 3. One pint of the blood of the Christ Spirit, used to replace the blood a roseless vampire requires to live. I believe it may be possible to use wine converted to Eucharist in Christian worship ceremonies, but were I wrong, the results could be deadly for whomever attempts to place the blood rose of Atlantis upon the vampire. 4. Pure silver of sufficient quantity to set the blood rose of Atlantis and allow its permanent placement upon the body of the vampire to be treated. 5. Five drops of cord blood from a virgin birth. This gives residual miracle energy to the spell. 6. Seven drops of the juices of desire from seven virgins, collected while they were in the unfulfilled throes of desire for their heart's true love, to replace the passion the vampire lost in becoming undead. Procedure On a night when the seven sisters are surrounding Jupiter, then the flower may be grown. By starlight and moonlight, the ruby and quartz already cut are laid in silver in the shape of a flower. Behind the ruby in the setting, place the love throws of seven virgins mixed with the blood of innocent birth. These must be sealed within the center of the flower, its nectar, the tone of the energies that shall play upon the undead. The flower is then inscribed upon its setting with the symbol of life and the symbol of the peacemaker and also the symbol of the mother of all. This is done with concentrated moon and starlight, heating the silver just enough to lay in these runes. The ruby, the heart of the blood rose of Atlantis, is the last set, set piece. As, as it is laid in place, the wizard recites the oath of service over the budded flower, ending with the intonation of Anak. 
seven silver bells and five golden are peeled at once by twelve disciples of the wizard exactly and perfectly at the moment a knock is uttered the budded flower is then allowed to bask in only moonlight and starlight each night for twelve years upon the exact night the twelve years are fulfilled the flower maker shall open its blossom to the red rays of the sun's birth at the exact moment of morning in the east at this moment will be heard the echo of the twelve peals in one immediately enclose the blood rose of atlantis in darkened silk in a cedar box store it such until its placement upon the vampire at the moment of next dawn open the cairn of the vampire to the first rays of morning and immediately lay the blood rose of atlantis over the burning vampire's heart leave the cairn open to the sunlight until nothing remains but the undead ash and the blood rose of atlantis close the cairn immediately take the cairn to the steps of the closest temple of the peacemaker arranging it to face the sun there all the priests of the peacemaker must perform the rites of birth over the cairn ending at dawn precisely as the last note of the rite perishes in the first ray of dawnlight open the cairn the reborn vampire will step forth into the morning sun no longer pale nor pallid but flush with the rosy hue of life he or she will now break bread and share water and wine with the sons of man as a brother by moonlight and by sunlight they shall live they shall bathe in the mother's waters and breathe the father's air exactly as does man whale or dolphin they shall father or bear children and love them as does any parent they shall know every passion pain and hope of human life they shall be known as vampires of the court crimson and live among men as friends and allies being vampires already the court crimson are immune to the bite of uh, and other powers of undead vampires the vampires trick of not appearing in the mirrors does not fool them they know to look just beyond the mirror's field of view where the vampire's reflection has been shifted by magic they are themselves able to work such spells simply through an act of will should an undead vampire return to mist and try to flee in shadowed breezes the court crimson can smell the faint scent of the undead and follow it in its own draught were an undead vampire to become a bat and attempt to fly away the court crimson can become a nighthawk and seize the undead in its powerful talons if the undead vampire attempts the guise of a wolf the warrior of the court crimson becomes a lion and rends the wolf completely however should one of the court crimson bite an undead vampire in the fam fashion vampires are wont to do the undead vampire will immediately burst into eldritch blue flames and turn to ash upon the spot the next morning the ashes will spring back to life subject to the spell of the blood rose of atlantis and subservient to the court crimson agent that caused its painful rebirth perhaps now you understand why modern vampires choose to let the world remain in ignorance of the blood rose of atlantis and the court crimson you must also realize that i make no friends of the undead in revealing these ancient mysteries an historical example of the use of the blood rose of atlantis to be revealed soon